Awesome. Again, I want to welcome everybody to church. I hope everybody's doing well. Merry Christmas. Uh, this is going to be our last midweek for 2022. We have a lot to be thankful for, to realize that God has allowed us to, to see and live through an entire year. And here we are about to usher in 2023. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. Um, I'm just going to zoom through this very quickly because we've already talked about this. Um, this is the flyer for the series we're going to be starting in January that Gordon Ferguson is going to be teaching for us. I really want to encourage all of our Bible talk leaders. I hope that we've gotten this information to all of our people by now. I really want us to make this a huge evangelistic thing. Revelation is the book in the Bible that most people do not understand and that most people misinterpret nine times out of ten. And this is a tremendous opportunity, I believe, for us to be able to invite tons of people. And, uh, and hopefully, as they, as they listen to Gordon, they will want to do one-on-one -on -one Bible studies with us. And so uh, that's why we are starting the year with this. Um, the, believe it or not, the Harlem ministry, the Harlem region found out that uh, Gordon is going to be doing this for us. And so Scott Kipatrick called me up and said, bro, can we join you? I said, sure, come on in. And so Harlem is going to be joining us. So it's going to be Brooklyn, Staten Island, and Harlem for five weeks uh, next year. And so we're going to get a huge you know, uh, Zoom account that can accommodate everybody and all of our friends and visitors that we're going to be inviting. And so we're going to change the, uh, the top of the invite to include Harlem. And so look out for that. But in the meantime, you can start using this invite and it's going to be a tremendous, tremendous time. Last Sunday was the World Cup final. And uh, Lionel Messi and Argentina finally won the World Cup. He did. But uh, it was an epic match. If you haven't watched it, I, I really encourage you to take some time to go watch it. Um, believe it or not, football is the, is, the, is the most popular sport in the entire world. Um, it's very different from, quote-unquote, American football. But uh, that's a different day, different topic. But uh, Argentina won it. Uh, I have watched every single World Cup final since 1978. I remember the first one I saw in color was in 1978 when Mario Kempes actually won it. He was a striker for Argentina that year. And then I also remember watching in 1986 when Diego Maradona also won the World Cup for Argentina. I actually watched that game with my late mother. That was 36 years ago, a few weeks after I was baptized in Christ. And obviously last Sunday, we're all at church. But um, after church, I saw the score. And uh, Sunday night, I was able to watch the game. It was something else. It was epic. But guess what? Four years from now, the World Cup is coming to America. It's coming to America, it's coming to Mexico, and it's coming to Canada. And the final is actually going to be played at MetLife Stadium, just across the Hudson. And so I'm saving my money. I'm looking forward to it. I am going to be going in person to, to watch several games. Uh, it's one of those things I've, I've always put on my bucket list. And now that it's coming, it's going to be in our backyard. You better believe I am going to be there. And so I'm, I'm fired up. Tonight, we're going to bring in this thing for landing. This whole series we've been doing about the call to follow Jesus. Tonight, I'm going to be talking to us about the call to be united. And then on Sunday in Brooklyn, our brother Steve Ravel is going to bring it home. Uh, it's Christmas. Jesus is called the light of the world. Uh, and uh, he's going to be talking about the call to be the light of the world. And so Sunday, uh, let's be inviting our friends 
uh, for church on Sunday. Uh, Steve Rebell will, will bring it up and we'll wrap up this series. But this is going to be my last sermon on this topic tonight. The call to be united. Unity is a common topic in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Unity is about living together in harmony, despite our diverse backgrounds and differences. And unity is commanded in the scriptures all over the place. And you and I are called to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 133, verse 1, the Bible says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. What does the Bible say about unity? The Bible has a lot to say about unity. It says here in this passage that how good and pleasant it is when God's people, that's us, live together in unity. Obviously, the opposite of unity is disunity, it's disarray, it's strife, it's unrest. And the Bible says here that it's good and pleasant when God's people live together in unity. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning verse 1, it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This passage instructs us to be like-minded, that you and I need to have the same love. And it also says for you and I to have one mind and one spirit. We must be humble and do nothing out of selfish ambition. It calls us to always value other people above ourselves. Where we are not looking to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, the truth of the matter is, the Bible always calls us to change from the inside out and not from the outside in. One of these days in the new year, I'm going to teach about that. Okay? And so, be ready. The change always comes from the inside out and not the other way around. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning verse 10. A passage we're very familiar with. Paul writes, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. And then he asked the question, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Brothers and sisters, even back then, they started to divide. They had started to get disunified. Some people were saying in the church in Corinth, well, I, I prefer Paul. Some people were saying, I, I like Peter better. Some were saying, well, I, I, I prefer that Apollos fellow. 
And Paul is asking the question here, is Christ divided? I want you to notice, when Paul wrote that letter to the church in Corinth, the very first issue he dealt with was their disunity and the division that was going on in the church. And that's why this is very, very serious. And that's why you will find divisions, dissensions, and factions listed as part of sins that you and I, if we're involved in it, the Bible says we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Satan is always trying to destroy the unity that we have. Satan is always trying to destroy the unity you have in your, in your marriage, if, if you're married. That is what he's after in the church and in our marriages and in all of our relationships. He's trying to bring strife. He's trying to be, he's trying to bring division. And you and I are called to keep that unity of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't just happen. We got to fight for it. We got to walk towards it. You and I know that we live in a divided world. We live in a divided country. Our politics are divided. There are people on the left. There are people on the right. And then there's some people in the middle. And they call themselves independents. Not only is our politics divided, our teams are divided. Everybody's got in their own corners. Our media is very divided. The world we live in is very divided. Our world is divided by income levels, is divided by race, is divided by education, is divided by so many things. And yet here we are in the kingdom of God, being commanded and being called to unity in the spirit. Remember that we all came from the world. We all came from different backgrounds and different races and different countries. But here we are in the church. And God is saying to us in all these passages to fight for that unity, to keep that unity. That is part of what it means to be a Christian. Now I'm going to camp out tonight in Ephesians chapter 4. Begin verse 1. Paul writes, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Again, I encourage you to spend some time studying this out. There is no way in a, in a 45 minute sermon to be able to really do justice to what everything this passage is talking about. Believe it or not, brothers and sisters, every week, whether it's midweek or Sunday, when I, when I preach and I, I put up scriptures, my hope is that you will write them down 
so that in your personal Bible study during the week and afterwards, you go do a deeper, deeper dive into that topic or cross-reference those passages. Because there's a lot of passages that talk about so many different issues in the scriptures. And so my prayer always is that when I, when I put a scripture up, whether it's on Sunday at midweek, you write it down or tap into your tablet, whatever that you're using, and then you go, dig a, you, you go do a deeper dive, that you make the time to really go in there. And this is why that is important. The Bible teaches very clearly that one day you and I are going to stand before the throne of God and give an account for this life that we're now living, every last one of us. At judgment, you are not going to be able to say, oh, Lord, Father, Richard never spoke about this. God is going to ask you, did you take the time to read my word for yourself? Okay? The fact that Richard didn't bring it up or the fact that Richard didn't do a deep dive, that, that is not going to be an excuse. It's not possible. God will ask you, how much time did you take getting into my word? Now, as an evangelist, I will continue to strive to teach the whole will of God. And that's why it's going to take my entire life for me to be able to do this, okay? Just like Paul said to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, I will continue to preach the whole will of God. That is my intent. That is my goal. But it's impossible to totally take a passage apart in every single lesson. It's not possible, okay? Your eternal standing before God depends on this. And that's why I'm encouraging us to get into our Bibles. Now, it may mean you go to bed early so you can get up early so that you can get into God's word. But you've got to make that time, okay? For your convictions to go deep, you must get into your Bible. There is no shortcut around this. I remember as a single intern, getting into the Old Testament, wanting to know God better. I wanted my faith to grow. And I got into the Old Testament and I saw, you know, different characters like Abraham and Moses and Joseph and Noah. And I studied each and every one of them out. It took me like three months to do it. And by the time I was done, my faith was way up there because it dawned on me that the same God that did these mighty miracles that God used that, and I, read, I was written about is the same God that I call on every single day. And so I'm encouraging us again. You got to take a deep dive. Now, I understand, yes, a lot of us will walk all week. And it may mean, yes, Saturday morning, you get up early and you spend hours in your Bible before the kids wake up, if we have kids. But you got to make the time to do this. Okay? I encourage you and I will continue to encourage you to take a deep dive into the scriptures. Now, back to Ephesians chapter 4. Notice, Paul doesn't say, for us to create this unity. He says to keep the unity in verse 3. You know, he didn't say to create it. If that were the case, we could not. Only God creates stuff. But he's calling us here to maintain and to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit. That God has already created. And that's all we're meant to do is to keep that unity. We already have it. 
we are called to put into practice the unity of the Holy Spirit. That is the unity created by the Holy Spirit that indwells every Christian. And that's what binds us together closely, knit together as the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters, if we truly keep the unity of the Spirit, we will be at peace. If you keep that unity in your marriage, if you're married, there's going to be peace. And that's why if there's, there's quarreling going on and you know, you're not getting along or whatever it is, you're not seeing eye to eye, it's because there's disunity. And you each, each other, is, you're, you're not each other's enemies. The enemy is the devil. And that is what Satan is trying to do. He's trying to come between you and your spouse. He's trying to come between you and other Christians. The question is, are you going to fight for that unity and not let that happen? Or are you going to let Satan come between you and other people or between you and your wife or between you and your workmates or between you and your boss? Brothers and sisters, peace is the overriding character of the unity between Christians. It is the glue that binds us together, if you will. Remember, the Holy Spirit birthed the church in Acts chapter 2. And it remains the basis for our oneness. Again, that is why Satan attacks us like this. Satan wants to come between you and other Christians. Satan wants to come between you and your kids. Satan wants to come between me and my brothers and sisters. The question is, am I going to give him the satisfaction? Or am I going to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit like it talks about in this passage? Okay? There are seven ones in Ephesians chapter 4. It talks about one Lord. And that's Jesus Christ. One spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. It talks about one hope. One Lord. One faith. Again, you see that type, there's a typo there. I'm sorry. Even preachers make mistakes. I mistype things and I misspeak all the time. Now, thank God for Annabelle. You know, she, she translates all this stuff into Spanish. And uh, uh, usually she'll text Text me back and say, Richard, this is wrong. You, you know, you, you meant to say Ephesians 4 over here. And, and I'm thankful for that. But I, I didn't catch this one. But it's okay. One baptism and then one God, the Father of all. Okay, It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. So you see, again, I just caught myself. The number one should say body. <laughs> okay? I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I never claim to be. All right? Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. There are several ones in here. You can take the time to study out each of these. Okay, no more is meant to be body, all right? I, we talked about the Holy Spirit earlier this year. I, I can't even remember how many lessons I did. But again, even, even that is not sufficient. I'm hoping and praying that you will continue in your own Bible study of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not possible for me to, 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 to bring up everything that happens in a lesson or, or on, a, on a certain topic in, in any sermon. It's, if not, you'll be here for hours. And I know a lot of you are not going to be happy with that. you know. Um, but here it is. Where I'm, I'm encouraging you to go deeper. All right? Now, for instance, with one hope, Colossians chapter 1, Verse 23 talks about the hope of the gospel. Colossians 1.27 talks about the hope of glory. 
First Thessalonians 5, it talks about the hope of salvation. Titus 1, 2 talks about the hope of eternal life. Titus 2, 13 talks about the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That hasn't happened yet, obviously. All right? And then 1 Peter 1, 3 talks about a living hope. Again, all these things you can go study out. You're not going to be able to do this in one sitting. It's not possible. Just like I cannot explain all this stuff in one sermon. All I can do is get you to go deeper. It to, is to strike something in, 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 in your mind so that you can go deeper on your own because your eternity, my eternity depends on it. Brothers and sisters, I don't study my Bible for the church to preach. I study my Bible for myself. And then I turn around and teach the church the things that I'm learning. That's, the way I've, that's what I've always done for 34 years. Because every, you know, every lesson, my prayer every week as I'm studying my Bible is, Father, what do you want your children to hear? But I apply the scriptures to myself first. And that's why I can't wait to teach it, whether it's at midweek or on Sunday. But I study the Bible for myself. I don't study my Bible for other people because when I stand before God, all I want him to say to me is, well done, good and faithful servant. That's why it's important that we take the time to take a deep dive into God's word because these are the words of eternal life. These are the words that are gonna, that are gonna live forever. And that's why it's important that we take the time to, 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 to study it out and to, and, and to find the time to get in there. I, I know a lot of Christians that they take the time during their lunch break, they're reading their Bibles. You know, they're, they're having their quote-unquote their quiet time at their desk. And people say, hey, what are you doing? I'm reading my Bible. Some people have invited their friends to church that way. Some people have invited some of their co-workers to church that way. I know brothers that get to, to walk early so that they can read their Bibles and pray. And that's good. The point is, find the time. Muy importante. It's very, very important. Your eternity depends on it. My eternity depends on it. You've got to make the time. And so, let's talk about very quickly, striving to keep the unity. One of the things I've learned over the years, obviously, is that Satan is the enemy. People are not my, my enemy. Uh, it's the devil. And so, when things happen or don't happen, one of the things I always do, number one, is give people the benefit of the doubt. Always. To give people the benefit of the doubt. And again, your spouse is not the enemy. Your kids are not the enemy. Your brothers and sisters or your co-workers are not the enemy. The devil is. All right? Another thing that helps unity in my view, number two, is don't assume anything. Don't assume. Many years ago, I was very upset with a brother. And uh, I called him up. I'd seen a picture of him on, uh, on Disciples Today. And uh, they had just appointed elders in their church. And I was very upset. I said, bro, you're now an elder. You couldn't even call me to let me know. I thought you and I were friends. He listened to me, 
And he goes, Richard, I'm not an elder. I said, but I saw you in the picture. He says, yeah, I was in the center of the picture because I'm the lead evangelist of this church. But so-so-and-so was appointed an elder that you saw in the picture, and this other person was appointed an elder, but I was not appointed an elder. What did I do? I had to apologize. I said, bro, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I jumped to a huge assumption. And I was wrong. And I had to apologize. And so, don't assume anything. Listen, listen to the person, hear them out. And if you've assumed something, be man enough, be woman enough to say, you know what? I apologize. I thought this, and I was wrong. We are all wrong from time to time. Okay? But don't assume anything. Remember, the devil is the enemy. Not that person. Not your spouse. Not your kids. Not your friends. Not other brothers and sisters. Okay? Number three, another thing that helps unity is to go talk to that person directly. Go talk to that person. You know, my wife and I, we've been here now two years. And um, I'm always very encouraged when brothers and sisters will come up to me and say, can I talk to you? I say, sure. I think a lot of times, you know, when I get up and I'm preaching the word of God, I believe the Holy Spirit takes over. All right? And I think people think that's the way I am all the time. I've said it so many times again before, and I'll say it again tonight. I'm a very shy person. I'm actually an introvert. Now, when I'm speaking, when I'm preaching God's word, you know, I, I got a certain number of, you know, minutes to, to deliver that message, and I'm done, and I'm done with it. But I think, you know, some of you assume that's the way I am all the time. That's not the way I am. I can't be that way. It's not possible. Okay? And so, if you have a question, come talk to me. People come talk to me all the time. I encourage you to come talk to me. Yes, quote unquote, I'm the evangelist, but you know, what does that even mean? I'm simply, I'm simply the preacher. That's all that, that's all that is. Don't, don't let the title intimidate you. You know, I bleed like everybody else. I'm flesh and blood like you. So come talk to me. Move me aside. You know, I, I may have to give you an appointment, but that's okay. But I don't bite. You, you haven't seen anybody in the church with bite marks because I don't bite. Okay, but come talk to me, all right? I, I'm, I'm very thankful for our Brooklyn Leadership team and also for the, for the uh, core group in, uh, in Staten Island because these brothers and sisters are there helping my wife and I. They really are. You know, um, they're always encouraging me, hey, go, go, go talk to him. He's your brother, go talk to him. We're a team. And it's a very awesome team. It's a very spiritual team. And I'm very thankful for them, Okay. Because obviously a lot of things have happened in New York and Brooklyn and other places that my wife and I don't know anything about. And so these brothers and sisters are always there helping me out. Hey, hey, Rich, you know, um, this happened, you know, whenever that was. And, you know, when, when, you, when you say this, you know, here's what people are thinking. Oh, okay. Now I know. But a lot of these things I don't know. But these brothers and sisters are part of the team and they're helping me and they're helping us. And I need that. It's very, very important. Okay? We need each other. Argentina won that World Cup because they played as a team. 
the teams that did not play like a team, especially when the strikers have been selfish, they got knocked out at some point. The way you're going to win is play as a team. We need each other. And that's what the Bible calls us to. It calls us to keep that unity. And so I'm very thankful for our BLT and the, and the core group in Staten Island. These are very spiritual men and women. And again, you can go talk to them. You can go ask them questions. There's a reason why they're in those core groups. They're very spiritual men and women who are looking out for everybody in the church. Okay? And so again, I'm saying it tonight. I'm encouraging you, come talk to me. I don't bite. I may even take you out to lunch and buy you lunch. Depending on what time we're doing it. Now that things are opening up, now that, you know, we're, we're learning how to live with COVID, I'm really looking forward to, you know, visiting us at home and, and coming into your house and eating your spaghetti or your, whatever it is you're going to make. You know, that's what family is all about. Amen? But you got something on your mind? Come talk to me. That's how we're going to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit. But again, I want to encourage you to go, whatever it is that you don't understand or you, you, you have questions about, take a deep dive into your Bible first. And then you're going to ask questions. You know, people come talk to me, oh, Richard, how about this? How about this? How about this? You know, and my question is always the same. Have you studied that out? No. Okay. Go ahead and do it. Now, if you still have questions after you've done that, I'll be very happy to sit down and talk to you. And here's what always happens after having done this for many decades. Usually, people will come back later and go, you know what? Boy, now I see, I, I, I see the answers to all the questions I wanted to ask. And now it's their conviction and not somebody, something that somebody else like me told them. It's now their conviction because they took the time to go deep. And that's what we all need to do again because our eternal standing before God depends on it. Very, very important. And so again, I want to thank Annabelle. Every week I send these lessons to her and she translates it into Spanish. And then Roberto or Daisy and, uh, and others help translate. It's a lot of work. But again, we're a team. Even as this stuff is going on right now, you know, some brothers are taking care of, you know, the spotlighting and, you know, some people did the announcements. We're a team. It's a unit. And we all have different roles to play. And every one of us needs to be playing a role. That's why God put us in his church. God didn't call us in here just to be spectators and just to be fed. God wants us to be in here to use the talents that he's given us and to feed and take care of other people. Being a disciple is not a spectator sport. You got to get on the field of play and play with the team. And we play as a team. And that's what that's how we keep the unity of the Holy Spirit. Again, some of us in here are married. And I have asked people to go get professional help in their marriages. And I will continue to do that. Because Satan is trying to come between you and your spouse. And you've got to do whatever it takes to keep that unity. Because you are now one as far as, as, far as God is concerned. And so you cannot allow any situation or the devil to come between you and your spouse. And if that means you, need, you go get professional help, then please go get it. 
It will save your lives. It will save your marriage. There is no shame in that. In going to get the help. For the sake of the unity of your marriage, you need to go get it. There's no shame in it. Because if you don't, it's not going to end well. You and I have seen examples in the world. You and I have seen examples like that, even in the church. You got to deal with it. And so again, I'm appealing to you tonight. If there is strife in your marriage, please go get professional help. You will be the better person for it. Because my Bible says what God has joined together, let no man separate. Now, in our breakout rooms tonight, this being the last midweek of the year, I want us to share one of four things. Number one, I want, I want you to, you may share an answered prayer that God brought about for you in 2020, 2022, I'm sorry. You may want to share an answered prayer. Number two, you may want to share how Jesus has impacted your life this year. Number three, Something you learned from any of the series we did or from, one, from your own personal Bible study. And then now, finally, number four, areas you want to grow in in 2023. We can share one of these four things. Okay? I hope this has been helpful. It's impossible to, to talk about everything, about unity in one lesson. And so, obviously, tonight, I'm, I've not attempted to try to do that. To do that. But I'm hoping and praying that And so, um, please uh, go ahead and um, uh, and uh, and start re read Revelation. Don't try and understand it; just read it from start to finish. Uh, if you read about five chapters every day, it'll take you a few days, okay, to to get through it. Uh, but it's it's been a tremendous year. I'm so thankful that God, in His mercy and grace, has sent us to the end of another year. Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. Um, I'm going to ask our brother from Staten Island, Ramon. Hippolito to lead us in a closing prayer. Uh, guys, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And then uh, we're going to be putting our breakout rooms. You guys, are, you guys are awesome. You all rock. Uh, we'll see you guys in Brooklyn on Sunday for, for, for on Christmas Day. God bless you all.